Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, my name is Monty Walden. I'm with Federica Mascheroni Stianti from Castello di Volpaia in Chianti Classico. Hi. Hi. Um, Thank you for the invitation. That's all right. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Um, just tell me a little bit about the history of your of your estate. I mean, you are one of the Chianti Classico's historic wineries, um, not just in terms of uh, obviously your history, but also in terms of quality. Um, how did how did it come into your family? Uh, for love, we can say. <laughs> like uh, everything started with my grandfather in the nineteen sixty six. It's the first time that they put the step inside uh, the winery and then uh, took a few time, you know, we are in Italy, took uh, two years uh, to sign all the papers. My what, what, what was it before that? I mean, it was your, your, what was he called, your grandfather? Oh, my grandfather was a printer, actually. Okay. And uh, he was uh, printing books uh, and so he was going there only for hunting, for having fun, enjoy. So, so it was like a hunting lodge, your, your, what, what became your house, your winery, yeah? Yes, it was uh, at the beginning really only fun. I mean, uh, go there, have a glass of wine only for with friends. And then when my mother and my father get married, my grandfather gave it as a wedding present to my mother, uh, Volpaia. And so after my father and my mother started to build what is now Volpaia, so it was a step-by-step and it was a long time ago, and so now I'm very proud of what they created. So what, when your granddad was hunting, what was he actually hunting in that area? What could you hunt? It uh, was uh, fagiano. So that's pheasant. Pheasant, thanks. Uh, it was mainly that one. They had the reserva. A reserve, yeah. Yeah, and so, but then they took off all the license to have a reserve, so it was much more difficult. Uh, so it was uh, in the middle, like a transition moment. It was like a house only, and then uh, they start the passion for the wine and everything, wine, oil, and all the things that the agriculture keeps and gives. So what's the name of the village and how old is it? The village name is Volpaia. So it's the winery and the village is... Um, so it's its own village, basically, your estate. Yeah, we don't own all the village. We own quite a big part of the village. It was a step-by-step, again, and not everything in the same moment, but uh, one building after the other one. So basically, if you're a postman in the, in the Volpaia, you've got a pretty easy job, right? <laughs> it's, um, what is nice is that the time that takes me to go from my home to the office is more or less 30 seconds, between 30 seconds and one minute. So is everything inside. No problem to escape. No way to escape. Okay, so that, that period in Tuscany's history, the end of the 60s, that was the end of what was called the sharecropping. Yes. Or the mezzadria. Uh, and so presumably it was pretty run down when your parents got hold of the estate, yeah? Exactly. Was Everybody was leaving the, the, the country. The, the land was very cheap. Uh, nobody wants to stay in the in the countryside. And they made the, the opposite movement of everybody else. And I think they had the, the right options. Well, I mean, I think you said that your um, were your parents a little bit sort of hippie? Mm, definitely no hippie. <laughs> but they, they did meet on the beach, right? Is that correct? Yes, they met on the beach. It was in uh, Versilia, so on the coast of Tuscany. My father is from Milano, my mother is from Tuscany. And they met there. Uh, they said, okay, they will not get married. It's impossible. They are too far away. I think about Milano and Firenze that now we consider so close. They get married. They moved to Milano, and so my mother said, how can I follow Volpaia? We'll never follow any more Volpaia. But actually also my father fell in love with Volpaia. 
and start to go up and down from uh, Milano to Firenze every single week. Right, so basically so, he, he, he was torn between the city and the country and ended, yeah. up, ended up going for the country. Yeah, and actually the, uh, my family is still moving up and down. My father is still living in Milan from Monday to Friday. My mother depends about the period <laughs> and, um, and comes down every weekend. So you got your sort of you know you don't have your parents sort of on your back during the week then all the time you've got a bit of freedom to do what you want. Freedom? What does it mean freedom? <laughs> Not really in the job. <laughs> I tried to escape as much as possible actually from my family but finally yeah, I'm I, I decided I'm very happy about the decision but it took me a while to make a decision. So what was your previous career? I was um, restoring paintings. So you were a, 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 and were you like restoring uh, paintings that were very young, very old? I restored more or less uh, several types of paintings, but the most amazing uh, part was when I had the opportunity to put the hands on paintings of uh, the 15th century, Millequattrocento. Uh, there was something of uh, was a, a wooden painting and was something of amazing. I still remember the motion every single touch that I put on. I mean, are you very, very nervous when you're, when you're, you're touching something that's, you know, several hundred years old? Do you not get incredibly nervous? Think, oh, God, if I do this wrong? It's like much more emotion than nervous. It's your job. So you have to be serious and you have to be definitely sure what you do. It's but definitely an emotion. Yes. You cannot control the emotion. <laughs> okay. So just tell me a little bit about, um, I mean, Volpi, you said it's its own little village, but it's part of a larger... What, in Italy, you call it a comune, or a commune, a yeah. geographical sort of uh, township, if you like. What is so, um, and it's in Rada, yeah? Yes. Rada in Chianti, which is a very famous village. What's special about Rada? Why, is it, why does it make wines that are so distinctive in the Chianti Classico zone? Rada, in the area of uh, Rada, uh, like, for example, especially Volpaia, is the elevation of the place. Most of the winery are quite elevated. Volpaia is one of the highest. And the soil of Volpaia and the soil there around is quite different, is... Uh, this stone called Macigno del Chianti that you can find there in, like in Lamole, not really other places. And so it's quite unique, the place. And a lot of woods, so it's so nice going around. It's not only vineyards, the landscape. So I mean, does that make it quite cool, the fact that it's, also, it's high and it's also surrounded by woodland, which does tend to have a cooling effect? I mean, what impact does that make on your, on your Chianti Classico? Um, makes uh, quite different Chianti Classico. We cannot fe- follow the fashion. We wish that uh, follow the fashion, but actually the soil and the landscape and the place makes really big difference in the wine. So when you say it doesn't, you're talking about a wine that's um, quite um, quite savoury, quite tannic. The characteristic usually is that when somebody tastes the wine, is in much more in the elegance, and uh, is definitely a, a wine with character, not not shy. Okay, no, no, just like you, basically. <laughs> Much more like my mother than me. <laughs> okay. I'm, telling, I'm telling you, you said that. No, no. <laughs> okay, so what else? I mean, do you have any other? Um, you have your vines. Any other crops on the farm? We do also olive oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do some vinegar, also aromatic vinegar. The vinegar is the only when part. You, when uh, you say sorry. aromatic, you mean why is it aromatic? Is it infused with herbs or something? Or? Yes, uh, it's infusion uh, with herbs. We do five different aromatic uh, vinegars. And so we make uh, like a tea bag with different recipe, with different quantity of uh, herbs. And we put in infusion for three months. And so we have uh, five different types of vinegar, starting from uh, a white and a red vinegar. So what are the flavors you put in, just some examples? Uh, like there is one of this uh, is called fresco 
mm-hmm. because there is inside some mint. So another one is called Orto, vegetable garden. And all the vegetable garden uh, flavors like carrot, uh, fennel, and all this, and, and go on with different types. What's your favorite? The fresco. Okay, and what do you? Yeah. I mean, when you when you when you garnish a dish, what kind of dish does that go with? Or what do you eat it with? Uh, the fresco. What is nice is because of the mint inside, you can even put on strawberry. So it's not in the sweet like a balsamic one, uh, but it can give them like a nice uh, touch. You know, on the strawberry you can put some lemon and some uh, sugar. It's the same. You put instead of lemon the vinegar. Now. Um Obviously, there's a sort of move in the Chianti area to be more envir- or globally, but to be more environmentally friendly because you've got a lot of tourists that come there. What's where's what's your position on on sort of creating um, in what are called environmental zones or biodistretti? What would you like to see? How would, how would you like to see them organised? I'm definitely thinking that it's important to protect the environment. So we are organic since uh, the 2001, so it's really important for us. So I think uh, organic should be the winery, the field, but all the environment. So everybody has to do something. School, uh, office, uh, hotels, everybody has to put some effort inside. So it's not, it's, not, it's not just worth having the, the farmer saying, right, we're organic, and then you have a lot of pollution created, say, by... Um, hotels with their towels or wasting water you really feel it important that everybody buys into it in the community yes i mean how difficult is that to achieve not just in italy but just generally with you know human beings trying to deal with human beings you're quite a strong (laughs) character so i I mean i like that but i mean how you know how do you um how do you think you can sort of get around the the sort of uh problem with people not really always wanting to collaborate I think uh, for everything, you is a step by step. So we cannot do it in one second. It's something that you have to teach to the people, and they will understand. And especially the new generation will talk much more to the older generation. So uh, you know, what's your um, if you're not doing wine or, or picture restoration? How do you unwind? How do you switch off? What do you do in your spare time? In spare time sports all the type of sports that you can have uh, um, try to be in the natural and um, not, not really in the fashion area much more in the landscape so go sailing go hiking or ski alpinismo that i don't know even alpine alpine skiing yeah and and as much as possible so where did you get that kind of uh, i mean you're going from picture restoration where you're just every movement of your thumb could be critical to sort of gallivanting down a a ski slope at high speed where does that come from it's uh you need both in your life you cannot have only one part of it you need to have several um part uh, to to build your personality and so is that What's your what's your next challenge, either at Volpire or personally? I don't know. I think this is a big uh, challenge for me. It's, it's not since a long time that I work with my family. It's only since um, more or less five years, uh, six years almost. So I'm still really learning a lot from them. I'm, I still have a lot to learn from them. So this is for me in this moment is a big challenge. Yeah. And and how do you think Chianti Classico is is viewed in the market? Is it is it just terrible? Do people find it terribly confusing? All these different Chianti layers, Chianti Chianti Classico, all these different villages. How how are you, do you think you'd be able to sort that out? It's um, make it easier for consumers because it's it's difficult for you know us professionals. You know. Yes, it's, it's something that I think we have to work a lot. We did a lot of mistakes in the past, uh, and so we we thought we were too much proud I mean uh, who decided to give uh, the word candy to everything and to let them 
understand. Ah, yes, you can use the word Chianti. We are the Chianti Classico, so everybody will understand. So basically so. what you're saying is there's a difference between the, the, what's called the better sites in the Classico part of Chianti and then the rest of Chianti, which is just called Chianti without the Classico. Mm, but. Yeah, it's, I, I don't want to say the word better. They are really different products. And the problem that you cannot make a distinction between these two products is like, I think, uh, Brunello and Chianti Classico. I don't say that Brunello is better than Chianti Classico. It's only they are two different products. It's the same. Chianti and Chianti Classico, they are two different products. But they, they use the same word. <laughs> so how can you make a distinction <laughs> between the two areas? Yeah, it is very confusing. I think yeah. I, I think it's probably an, an intractable problem. You're better, better off climbing the mountain and just staying Definitely, there. Definitely, yes. And not skiing down. Um, <laughs> Federica, listen, it's been fascinating talking to you. Uh, you are an incredibly dynamic uh, person. You have a multifaceted character, and um, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thanks. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks. Bye. Follow us at Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook.